Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today and Merry Christmas. My God, we got, we're into the holidays and it's such a blessing of the Lord. I want to preach a sermon I believe you're going to really enjoy. You're about to hear the Christmas story in a way you've never heard it told before. You're going to learn how God uses the unconscious obedience of an unbeliever to bring his plan to pass. And he did it with Caesar. This is really unusual, and I wrote a book on it and everything, and it's such a blessing of the Lord. So I want you to call your friends, tell them to turn that television. This is only part one, and there's five parts to this. You're going to be blessed. So let's go right now to the sermon, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, part one. You're going to learn something today about Christmas you didn't know. Jesus was not, according to the Scripture, was supposed to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Right? The prophecies. But the only way, Joseph and Mary wasn't planning on going to Bethlehem because a pregnant woman don't want, want to ride a donkey almost 100 miles to get down there to them. So something had to happen. Something God had to move upon someone that would move the world of that day. And his name was Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus had money on his mind. He wanted to take a census so that he could tax the people. Think about that for a minute. So the only way, the reason why God's promise would come to pass was he had to move upon a heathen to get it done. You've been believing God for some wonderful things in your life and God will use a heathen to get it done if the Christian will not do what God tells them to do. So in, in, in Luke chapter two, I want to talk about this wonderful time of the year, the unconscious obedience of unbelievers. The unconscious obedience of the unbeliever, of the unbelievers. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. The word taxed there means census, which, but it was coming to, so they could be taxed. And this taxing was first made with Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Yes, there were room, but if people decided to be selfish. I'll deal with that in a couple of weeks as we, as we get to that part of it. But I want to go back to verse 1. And it says it again. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. I want to talk about that for a minute. God had to use an unconscious obedience of a heathen so, Dave, so Joseph and Mary could get to Bethlehem. Jesus would have been born in Nazareth, but God's word never returns unto him void. You see what I'm saying? And people were not looking for the Messiah the way they should have been looking. And it's amazing that we go on further into this series that even the, the uh, wise men had to ask the Jews, where should he be born? And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea. But they didn't care much about that because they thought, well, we'll just wait for his coming. They're still waiting for it. See what I'm saying? When he's already come. See, a lot of times people are waiting for stuff that's already happened. And I want to talk about this morning, the unconscious obedience of the believer. Write this down. Emperors 
are but officials in God's plans. Write it down. Emperors are but officials in God's plans. And what I mean by that, a lot of people are so worried about America today with the division that's going on. Let me make this announcement. God is in control. He knows what he's going to do. And he's going to use their unconscious obedience to get his word done. He may put people in office you never thought he would put people in office. You may not like who he puts in office, but they are willing to obey something they don't even know nothing much about. And Caesar Augustus knew nothing about the Messiah. He knew nothing and could care less about the Judea or Jerusalem. All he wanted was, was tax money. But you got to understand something. Emperors are but officials or presidents or prime ministers or senators or house of representatives or whatever are nothing but officials in the plan of God. Now, we would prefer them all be saved, but some of the saved ones are not doing right things. So God has to get a heathen to do something right that the Christian world should be doing. Think about this. God chose Cyrus to get Jews back to their homeland. Now, Cyrus was not a man of God. Cyrus could care less about anything other than what was good for him. But God used his unconscious obedience to bring Israel back or Jews back to their homeland. So emperors are but officials in God's plan. And I want to prove that to you. If you go to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, turn with me there. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, the Bible reads, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithsoever he will. In other words, God moved upon Caesar Augustus to do a census, even though his greed was to tax the people. God had to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem so Jesus would be born. Notice Satan tried to stop Jesus from being born there. Maybe there was no place. Maybe they'll leave somewhere. But you see, God's word's going to come to pass even if it takes a stable to get it done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So emperors are but officials in God's plans. See, God's work does not appeal to the outward senses. A lot of times we don't understand why God is doing it. It doesn't appeal to your outward senses. You don't understand why God will do that. Because you see, the reason why you have to wait so long, God's already told someone to help you. Because he causes men to give unto, you, unto your bosom. Let me give you an example. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. And it says a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Watch this. Shall men give unto your bosom? Shall men give unto your bosom? Shall men give unto your bosom? Now, you don't walk around saying, Are you the man that's supposed to give to me? Because then you make that person your source. And God will not have any other source but him. You see what I'm saying? But God will cause a man. See, I, I'm not looking for money, but money is definitely looking for me. People, God causes men to give unto my ministry. Why, God, without even me asking, without me doing anything. Why? Now, I don't walk up to him and I don't try to learn to play golf or anything else so I can get close to somebody with some money who might give me a donation. I don't think I would like that if somebody would try to get around me just so they could get something. You understand what I'm saying? I don't think you would like that. That's, that's called an abuse. Am I correct in that? Actually, it's a prostitution of the anointing of God that's on your life. And it should not be. But God uses people to bless you in the city, in the field, going in, going out, no matter whether they're saved or unsaved. So when I pray for God to bless me, I say, Lord, I, you cause men to give unto my bosom. I don't need to know who the men are. It doesn't make a lick of dip whether they saved or unsaved, but I'm going to get your job done. Do you see what I'm saying? And he'll bring favor where there is no favor. 
He'll bring love where there is no love. He'll bring likeness where there is no likeness. So, but you got to understand that God's work does not appeal to the outward senses. You think, this ain't going to work. I don't see how God, I don't know nobody with that much money. See, because you're looking for a source when your source is God Almighty. I don't preach with my hands out. I preach with my hands up. You see why? Because it's the most wonderful time of the year. It doesn't make any difference. As I was walking around the wall, the mall on Black Friday, now they're spending money. I'm walking around, people slapping my hands, putting money in my hand. They just put, I said, no, no. I said, man, oh, brother, it's such a pleasure. One lady said, oh, you look a lot shorter in person. I said, keep it to yourself. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. Hallelujah. And, and I had such a wonderful time. It was just great. My, people were doing marvelous things. Why? They did not realize that the unconsciousness obedience of them. There were some saying, you know, I, I'm not into this God stuff, but I watch you all the time. You see what's happening? And, you know, and, and, and at times you make me want to do things I normally would not do. And I said, what is that? And they said, give. Well, it's not me. It's the Christ in me, the hope of glory, causing that to happen. That's what happened to Caesar Augustus. See what I'm saying? So God took this thing so he could get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem so his word would come to pass. Write this down. No work of God is devoid of power. No work of God is devoid of power. This affirms God's almightiness and faithfulness. No work of God is devoid of power. Lord, I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to do that. But it just seemed like it's not working. Quit going by what you see and start going by what you believe. What do you believe? Do you believe more what you see or do you believe more what you don't see? Let me give you the hint. It's better to believe things you can't see much better than to believe things you can't see. You see what I'm saying? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So a lot of people don't realize what is happening here. See, they don't understand that God will use people that you never thought in the foggiest mind that he would use. Why? Because he is, his work is not devoid of any power. It shows God's great almightiness and faithfulness to his work. So there goes Joseph, there goes Mary, and she's heavy with child. Now, I've seen Kathy heavy with child. I mean, she was heavy. She looked like she was pushing a barge. She was only 95 pounds when she got pregnant and, and at the top weight of 115 pounds, she birthed Jody. And Jody was only six pounds and five ounces and then lost three ounces. It was six pounds, two ounces. Why do you, why do you remember that? I don't know. I just remember figures. I can tell you exactly how much I paid for Jody too. <laughs> at the hospital, praise God. I, just, I remember figures for some crazy reason or another. But what happened was, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that Kathy was in good hands with that doctor, good hands with that nurse. Why? Because I didn't know how to do that. I knew how to create a baby, but I didn't know how to have that baby be birthed. You see, you got to understand something. It's your job to create things. It's God's job to birth things. Write that down. You see, it's your job to create things, but it's God's job to birth things. So if you believe in for healing, how do you create healing? By saying what his word says, by his stripes I am healed. But I feel the pain. I'm not dealing by my feeling. I'm dealing by what I, I create. I create my destiny with my words. You see what I'm saying? God created destiny for Joseph and Mary by making Caesar Augustus do a census, even though his main concern 
was to get money. God's main concern was to get Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem that that word of God would come to pass. All the promises of God are yea and amen, which means yes and so be it. So no work of God is devoid of power. This affirms God's almightiness and faithfulness. You see, we must look forward to the future in firm conviction. I'm looking forward to the future because I have a firm conviction about it. I don't deal with the past because the past never sees the future. You see what I'm saying? Black Friday happened. It's over with. Now, you that are watching today, we're right ready to start the, the, the holiday season of Christmas going into December. That's why, how we celebrate here. And it's just such a blessing of the Lord. So each day of this December, you ought to have Jesus Christ on your mind. If you get a gift, you better thank God it's his birthday because you wouldn't have got it. Think about that for a minute. We're celebrating his birthday. Now, sometimes people don't even notice that. They try to take him out of Christmas by putting an Xmas, but you can't X out God. There's no way, shape, or form, see? Because you see, without the Christmas holiday, if you just go ask anybody, the biggest sales of all year is now. Not because they're sales, it's because we're celebrating something. So celebration means that you should be having a good time. And it's not how much money or how much you pay for a gift or how many gifts you get. It's to celebrate that for just a few days in this great month of December, people all over the world begin to think about this Christ child. But ladies and gentlemen, he's not a baby no more. He's the king of kings, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bright morning star. My God, he's God almighty. He is, but he became an organic member of the human race. Why? So we could touch him. So you, you can't hug God. You would blow up. You can't even see God live. So God put himself in a form where you could hug. Reminds me of my dad who's now in heaven. We found, <laughs> daddy bought a parrot and named him George. This parrot was as mean as a snake. He was just mean. And the reason why, he lost two of his toes. He only had one toe to hold on to the perch. But daddy fell in love with it. And daddy wanted to talk to the, the, the bird like he thought the bird should talk. So he'd say, Georgia boy, the dear boy. So the crazy bird began to say, Georgia boy, the dear boy. Everything, you had to watch what you say around it. If you cuss, he cussed too. Now, if you put your hand in that, he just cut your finger off with him, that beak of his. He was rough. But daddy wanted to hug George. I said, don't do that, daddy. George will kill you. He, you think he likes you. Look at him. He, like, uh -uh, he don't like you. And you've been making fun of his toe. He heard that. So get, daddy one time took a paper bag and shoved it over George so he couldn't see it. They pulled him off and hugged him. And George couldn't see nothing, but George was in that bag. When this bag come off, I'm going to take his nose off in just a minute, you know. And daddy, when he raised that bag up and George, I tell you, with that one toe, you ought to see the parrot with one toe. But I can't tell you what he did. But I'm just saying it was one of the most amazing things. All dad wanted to do was hug George. All God wanted you to do was hug him. So he put himself in a form to where you could hug him, where you could be close to him. And children would walk up to this almighty God who became an organic member of the human race. Are you seeing that? So God used a man named Caesar Augustus. God used a man named Cyrus to get Jews back to their homeland. Is it possible God used a man named Donald Trump is it possible God used a man named Barack Obama? Is it possible that God used a man named Dwight David Eisenhower, Harry Truman, George Washington? Is it possible? Think about it. Some of these men, these great men and women that God used, 
were really not very close to God at all, yet they did godly things because God had a plan. So if you are worried about anything in your life, forget this, forget it. It doesn't make no difference because see, Christ in you, the hope of God, you have a comforter and his name is the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, how be it when the spirit of truth is come? Has he come? Yes. The Bible said he would guide you in how much truth? Oh. How much truth? Oh. See, so if God says that, his plans for you will come to pass. Just don't get in a hurry on it. Don't get ahead and don't get behind. Be not weary and well-doing. Don't quit well-doing because you don't see it. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Are you seeing that? So we must look forward to the future in firm conviction. I have a great future. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, you that are watching all over the world, we're going into this December month. And this year is about ready to be over. So every manifestation that you believe in God for should take place. Amen. I lost a few of you right there. I can see that. No, no, it should. And it would. But don't get that, that Saints football thing, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and all that kind of crazy stuff. No, no, it should. But will it? Will you allow God to use someone you don't like to, to make his purpose come to pass in your life? Or somebody you do like? Preferably, you would like someone, God, you somebody you do like. But remember this, you can't make anyone, whether it be spiritual, physical, or financial, become your source in life. Your source is God Almighty. And he will not have no other gods before him. So I look forward with great anticipation and earnest expectation. Like I said last week, I'm going to change my name to Ernest. Lord Jesus. Kathy's Ernestine. Both of her last name is Expectation. Hallelujah. We are expecting the unbelievable. We're receiving the impossible simply because it's doable. Why? Because God's power will work. And if God needs to use a person who I don't particularly care for or a person who does not care for him, he will do it. Prime example of that. I always wanted my own hangar at New Orleans Armstrong International Airport. The Lord blessed me with, uh, with, with the first plane I had was in 1994 that I bought from Harvey Firestone Jr. He was way up in his 80s. To make a long story short, and I had to release a hanger, which, which you do. And I, and, uh, and I said, I'd like to have my hanger. That's never going to happen. That is never going to happen. And then we got to talking one time, and Mr. Benson, who's now in heaven, used to park his plane next to my plane. This is when he was at Armstrong International. I think he went to Lakefront after a while, but I'm, he used to park. So I got to uh, meet him and uh, talk a little bit there. And Al Copeland, at times, would fly his plane there, and I got to meet him and talk to him. To make a long story short, they said, you will never have your own hangar. I said, well, never say never. And they just smiled at me like, this kid don't know what he's talking about. This is 1994. That's when I had gray hair before it all turned white. Well, anyway, so watch this. And then we were talking about three weeks later and we were talking about the price of fuel and jet fuel can be very, very expensive. And they were all talking like that. And this is when I was actually leasing from a company called General Aviation. It's called a FBO, a fixed base operator. What it is is a gas station on the, air, on the airport that fills up planes and services planes and things of that nature. We were all in, the, in that hangar. It was called the Rainbow Hangar. And to make a long story short, I, we were just standing and it was, it, and it, it was cold. And, uh, boy, I, and everybody started talking about having their own fuel farm. Oh, no. You know, and, and no, no, because the FBOs don't want that to happen because they want you to buy the fuel from them. Why? Because then they, they, they can control the price of fuel. 
Just that. And if you have a jet, they figure you can afford anything. So they charge you just about anything. To make a long story short, we're just standing there. And I'll never forget how God used somebody they never thought he would use. So uh, one guy said, well, I'd, uh, uh, he said, I'd sure love to have a few of them. And this man uh, was with uh, a very big company here in the state of Louisiana. And they looked at him and said, well, that's never going to happen. And I said that. I just I said, well, I sure like to have I, I, I sure like to have my own fuel for him, too. But well, that'll never happen, Reverend. I said, well, you just never know what God can do. And they said, your God's not that good. And when they did that, the Lord went. I went, oh, 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 because they say they could not figure out how anybody with that much power would give a preacher a fuel farm. That is not going to happen. Well, that was in 1994-95. Well, years went by. She just kept believing. Why? I'm not weary and well-doing because I knew God's plans were not devoid of power. God had to move on somebody very powerful, very powerful to change that. Well, to make a long story short today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my own fuel farm, my own fuel truck, and I have my own hangar. Somebody shout, somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, God uses unbelievers to see to it that his plan comes to pass. Think about that for a minute, how he used Caesar Augustus. Caesar wanted a tax to meet the needs of the government, but Jesus came to meet the needs of the people. Isn't that a blessing of God? Let me tell you something. God is working in your life. You may not realize it, but he's doing it. Listen, God is faithful, and that should make us look forward to the future with conviction. Let me tell you something about your future. It is very bright. You have a destiny to achieve, and God will see it come to pass. But I don't feel it, brother. It don't matter what you feel. It's not what you see or what you feel. It's what you believe. And I want to pray for you right now so you can understand the plan of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to minister right now. Look into this camera. Minister to people spiritually, physically, financially. Whatever need they may desire, whatever, God, I ask you to meet it today. And it's a great time of the year to be blessed in the city, in the field, going in and going out. Father, I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You know, it's amazing to me how the unconscious of an unbeliever got Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. He would not have been born in Bethlehem. Uh, the, um, you don't take a, a, a nine-month pregnant woman, put her on a donkey, and go 110 miles. You've heard me say it before. That's, I mean, she, she, she's not going to make it. But yet God used Caesar Augustus so that the prophecy would come to pass, so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, and that the plan of God for us would begin to take place. So right now, you may think, I don't know how God's going to do it. Chances are he's going to use an unbeliever, because sometimes believers won't do what God tells them to do. So God said, okay, I'll get an unbeliever to do it. Oh, I'm starting to preach here. I can't help myself. Stay right there. I'll be back in just a moment to speak another word to you. Watch this and be blessed. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come.
big impact. Take it to the world. Take it everywhere. And let your light so shine. Are you ready to experience the Christmas story like never before? In his book, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Jesse Duplantis delivers an insightful, fresh look at the manger and beyond. You'll be inspired to have a higher life of faith as he explores the mysterious ways God moves. Get ready to elevate your character with the characters of Christmas. The most wonderful time of the year. Uncommon lessons from the Christmas story. Order your copy at JDM.org today. I hope you can get our December product offer. And I love this book, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I love writing this book because God gave me so much insight about the different characters he used to get Jesus on the ground. You will be blessed by it. I'm saying it's got revelation in it. Get a copy for someone else too. It would make a great Christmas gift. Well, how do I get it, by Jesse? Just go to jdm.org for all the ordering information. That's our website. You'll be blessed. The most wonderful time of year. I've wrote a lot of books, but I enjoyed writing that book. It was such a blessing of the Lord. Part of this, what can I say? Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. You've been so courteous and kind to this ministry all these years, 47 years of preaching the gospel without a financial deficit. People say, how do you do that? I trust you. You trust me. We both trust God. And what a wonderful time to give a gift to God today in this wonderful holiday season. What a blessing of the Lord that is, you know. And I know you do it every month. Some of you do it every week. We have some that do it every day. And that's amazing to me, but it's just wonderful. 100% of your giving goes into world evangelism. We're totally debt-free. We owe nobody nothing but to love them. Been debt-free since 1982. And you people know this if you know me. The hundredfold anointing is on me. The anointing of increase is greatly on me. And I find also when I endorse and embrace people, that anointing comes upon them. I've had a lot of ministers say, my God, after I met you and you, you endorsed me, I, my ministry exploded. My business exploded. When I'm not bragging on myself, God trusts me and I trust them. And together we do in the work of the Lord. It is such a blessing of God. Thank you for partnering with this ministry. Oh, it's just so wonderful. I, I wish I, 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 there was more to say other than thank you. But I tell you, when you get to heaven, there are going to be thousands of people in your front yard saying, thank you for getting me born again through Brother Jesse's ministry. That's what your faithful financial support does. Now, don't miss next week. Part two is coming of the most wonderful time of the year. You are going to be blessed. Tell a friend, bless God to watch the program and be blessed too. Bye-bye. Get fired up with who you really are and take the time to get in His presence and be filled with His glory. God has opened up the door, girls, and we need to walk through it. Kathy Duplantis' Glorious, a conference for women. Register online at jdm.org. For our December partner offer, we have a great message. Listen to this. The idea of God needs to be altered. See, the Bible said that the Word was made flesh. We've been taught our flesh is bad. Well, if it's so bad, why was God made flesh? This message is going to show you a whole different view of God. And that's going to give you a different view of yourself. Go to jdm.org to order your copy today. Did you know angels are real and many of them are here today? God's Word is full of supernatural experiences by people just like you and me. Order your copy today at jdm.org. God had a forerunner that would come before Jesus. 
to proclaim the gospel and the greatest preacher to ever have lived. He could preach hell so hot you smell smoke around you when you got around John the Baptist. He was totally unique and totally different. He had no miracles in his ministry whatsoever at all. Yet the whole city came out to see him.